Happy Friday and welcome back to the Shit You Don't Learn in School podcast. This is Calvin Rosser and I still don't have my full voice. And this is Steph Smith. Today we're going to talk about possessions and how they can take control of your life and maybe how you can better optimize your life as it relates to the stuff you own. So Steph, my idea for this podcast came last night when I was thinking about, we recently talked about imposter syndrome and I was hanging out with some of my wealthier and more successful friends and they had all this nice stuff and it made me jealous and wanting to own specific things, at least the ones that would improve my life. But one experience I had was I was driving my buddy's really nice Porsche around. It goes super fast and was really cool. And I'm really glad I don't own a car like this because I don't think I could ever go back to driving something like I drive right now. But the other feeling that I had is I really don't want to crash this thing. And I was very nervous. And it wasn't just because it was my buddy's car, but it was because it was such a nice possession, probably not within my financial means. But at the same time, it led me to this idea of, I think sometimes when you buy really nice things, they can improve your life, but they can also add this like additional mental burden because you don't want to say, get catch up on that really nice shirt that you buy, or you don't want to scratch the purse that you have. I even had this experience with a really good surfboard I bought. I was more careful with it and it changed my experience with surfing. There's some optimal level of buying quality stuff, but not buying so many nice things that you're just constantly worried about breaking them. Yeah. I think it all relates to buying stuff within your means. If you buy stuff really within your means where let's say if you're a billionaire, something like a Porsche, you can buy many times over. So maybe for them having a Porsche isn't stressful, but to your point, if you really are splurging on a Porsche and then you're protective over it, or I've had the same things where a few times in my life, I've bought expensive clothes or more expensive clothes than I had before. And yeah, I had that feeling of, God, I really need to protect this thing. And we've talked before about how money is a tool to make your life better. Well, buying things in your life should also be like a tool where you feel better or you feel healthier or you're able to do things more quickly, like a dishwasher, for example. But if you are buying things a little bit outside your means, you can have that reverse effect that is definitely worth being aware of. What I've tried to do is really limit the things that I feel uncomfortable buying or uncomfortable preserving to some extent. So the most expensive thing I own is a MacBook. (laughs) The second most is an iPhone. And then outside of that, everything I own is like a couple hundred dollars or less. And it's really freeing to know that if all of these things were taken away from me at some point, if everything was burnt or thrown away or stolen, I'd be fine. And you know, some of my friends, I remember being in university would make fun of me because they would be like, Steph, I've never met someone with so many holes in their clothes. But if you have a shirt with a hole in it, you're no longer afraid of getting another hole in that shirt. <laughs> and maybe that's a little embarrassing, but there is an element of if you live within your means and you have things that don't need protecting, you are just so much more free. I agree with that for the most part. I think one thing though is I still buy nice things within my means, but there is this psychological overhead, which is the thing I want to talk about a little bit, which is that your possessions, it's not just you buy them and you get the value out of them, but there is this potential mental burden that happens, especially as you accrue more things over time. And one of the experiences that really dramatically changed my worldview as it related to possessions is I was living in New York. And then I got a remote job and I moved out of my apartment and I decided to just be a full digital nomad. That went on for four years where I lived out of an Osprey backpack, which fits a few shirts, a laptop and some pants and stuff. And then a duffel bag, which would carry my toiletries and a few other items I'd travel with. And I just remember being like, this is so cool that I can live with so little. And it made me really think about the things that I needed. Like I got slightly higher quality shirts and just didn't carry around too many shoes. And I've carried that over into my more stable life now. But 
I got to not get stuck in, oh, I have all of this stuff and so I can't go places or I'm less mobile. And that just really taught me the lesson of, I felt like a lot lighter in my soul as I was traveling around and could just put everything in my backpack. And like you said, if I lost my backpack, I could actually just replace all of those items relatively easily. Maybe there's a couple thousand dollars worth of stuff in them. And that was really cool. Now I'm starting to own more stuff and I'm seeing that besides like clutter, there is a little bit of this mental burden that I have. Um, oh, I have my surfboard, so I don't want to move because then I'd have to sell my surfboards or move them. And I, I don't think you should discount that. Yeah, it's literally a load on your life. And I think it's hard to retrain yourself, especially I grew up not super wealthy. So I was a pack rat. So anything I owned, I didn't want to get rid of because I felt like well, I'm going to have to spend $5 even to buy this again. And I think it's important to retrain yourself to remember that anything you buy is a load on your life. And one way to think about it is how much would you spend to acquire this thing again? And for certain things, it's, oh yeah, I would absolutely spend $5 for that again. Or sometimes it's, oh, I would actually spend $10 now because I know how useful it is in my life. But sometimes the answer is I would pay nothing to obtain this again. And if that's the case, then I do think we need to let go of things a little more often. And I had the same experience when I traveled around the world where I had this big room of stuff that I left at my parents' house and I was living out of a 40 liter backpack. If you don't know how big 40 liters is, it's not very big. And I lived like that for four months the first time I backpacked around the world. And it was so freeing to the point where I went back to my parents' house. And for the first time, I was able to go back and just get rid of so many things that I was not able to do mentally before because I had that experience of, oh, it's actually okay to live without this stuff. And I feel pretty good. And if not better, living without all of this stuff weighing me down. Yeah. One rule I adopted on the road that was really helpful was if I buy a new thing, I have to get rid of something, whether I donate it or decide to discard it. And that helped me keep my possessions really small. Now I have more space. And honestly, it is nice to have more space because you can afford some luxuries and some excess. And that does make certain things easier. But I do try to keep this lean mentality. If I don't use something for a year, even if it's a sentimental item, which I think are the ones that are hardest to discard, like a shirt from college that reminds you of something or something someone gave you that was important to you in life, I will often get rid of those things. And I've gotten in the habit of not hoarding just because I feel literally that burden on my soul. Yeah, I think one of the amazing things about backpacking is it makes this load that we're talking about really tangible. So if you go and acquire things as you're traveling, like you feel it because you're literally carrying around this backpack as you're like getting on a bus or going to the airport and you feel it and you're like, wow, I really hate carrying this load. And I think when we have this load at home, you have this house and you can put your stuff wherever and you're not carrying the load, you forget it, but it's still there. It still weighs you down, maybe in a different way. One thing that I always loved while traveling was I never had to check a bag. I actually had such few stuff that I could carry it literally all in my back or on my hands. And it was just so cool and freeing to be able to just jump on a plane, have everything I owned and just be able to be mobile like that and to pack up my life in 15 minutes. I think backpacking is maybe the wrong term for it because I was working a full-time serious job and just living out of this thing. I just had really optimized possessions. And I think even one of the first articles I wrote were the things I had in my backpack because I put a lot of thought into that. There's like just a few things that can improve the quality of your life. And this is what I want to move to next, which is one thing I learned with this is it's actually worthwhile to invest more money in something you're maybe not comfortable buying at first, like a more expensive t-shirt that doesn't require you to wash it as much, or that's more comfortable because that quality just becomes much more important than the quantity of having choice in your wardrobe. I picked up 
Lululemon shirts because I didn't have to wash them as much. I felt better in them. And so I owned fewer shirts over time, even though my cost per shirt went up. So I found all these like little hacks where I found really cool items that improved my life and stopped accumulating those that were just not that useful. And I think backpacking in particular, again, this constrained amount of space that you have to travel actually feeds into exactly what you're talking about. Because instead of having a whole home to store all your clothes, in which case you go and you buy a ton of different t-shirts, what you do is you have a limited amount of space for shirts. And so let's say you can only bring around five shirts. Are you going to bring around five shirts that you never like wearing because they're not very comfortable? Or are you going to invest a certain amount of money to have five really good shirts? And I found myself doing the same thing when I was backpacking, where I was like, I only have a limited amount of things that I can bring around and have with me. And so why not have things be a little nicer, a little more useful, things that get you a little more mileage. And I think one of the drawbacks of having so much space is that instead you just go for volume instead of actually just investing in a couple of things that really, again, get you more mileage. And it usually happens over time too. So it can creep up on you. I know that's happening to me now that I have an apartment. Are you good at getting rid of things? That's something I feel like I'm pretty good at, but what is, what's your relationship with actually discarding things? I'm terrible at it. As I mentioned, I grew up, as some might say, as a pack rat, really struggle, even sentimental things like children's books that I read and don't even remember reading. I'm like, oh, but at some point, small stuff read this and I don't want to get rid of it. So I'm really bad at getting rid of things. I'm also bad in the sense where you'll be like, I might need this again. And the answer is, okay, if you need that again, you should just buy it again. But I've been really bad at that. I've gotten better again since backpacking and traveling the world with almost nothing. And every time I return, I have this new mentality of, okay, you can go and get rid of more stuff. And every time I do, every time I go home, I get rid of progressively more and more stuff. But it is something that I have to train myself to do. And I find myself reverting back to old tendencies if I haven't traveled with limited amount of stuff for a long time. So I do find myself falling back into old habits if I haven't traveled for a long time because I just get accustomed to having all this stuff and then again, think that I need it. That's interesting. I've always thought that travel is much more fun with less stuff. So I try to keep the same thing or less that I had than when I was traveling with my whole life out of my backpack. I think it's nuts if you're bringing around like two large suitcases and you have to check them. Like you actually can have a much worse travel experience. You can't take the same transportation and all of that. In that case, I agree. But when you get home, like when I go to my parents' house, I have all this stuff and I still sometimes struggle to get rid of it because I'm like, why not just keep it? One of the things that helped me get rid of stuff, it was when my mom died, she had a storage unit with 80 boxes. And so I brought 80 boxes of, it was all of my childhood things. It was all of her possessions. And I literally went through all of them. It took me three or four days. It was like a horrible experience. And I found all this cool, like sentimental stuff, like art projects I used to have. And I ended up getting rid of 78 of the boxes and all of the stuff in them. And what I did was I like took the things, I looked at them, I took the memory and I'm like, it would be good maybe to look at this down the road, but I'm just going to capture this moment with this possession right now. I ultimately don't need it and I'll keep a few of these things, but I then discarded them. And it was this like very spiritually purifying experience of letting go of some of the memories that we had together while also respecting it by keeping some more of the things. And that was really different from my grandma, who I literally didn't even let in the room to watch me go through these possessions because she wants to keep everything. Like she ties so much value into possessions. And I've always aligned with kind of the Buddhist philosophy that everything is impermanent and we're going to die and all of our stuff's going to go with us anyways. So I just always want to get in that habit because of the things that we're talking about. 
it reminds me of the conversation we had yesterday about imposter syndrome, where we talked about how there's this realization that you can have where a lot of people are just like you and things are more attainable than you think. But you asked, how do you really digest that mindset and really embody it and take action on it? And part of it is really, yeah, just starting to do things and realizing, oh, this isn't so bad or this is really achievable. And I think the same thing is true with throwing stuff out where sometimes you can become really sentimental and all it takes is just to start getting rid of things and then realizing, oh, my life is the same and I didn't need that thing. And 10 years from now, I'm not like wishing it was still there. And so I do think there's an element of training yourself to get past that. And that's why some pack rats, other people can't understand their perspective. Like, why are you keeping all this stuff? But to them, they almost haven't trained themselves to realize like, it's okay, you'll be okay without all this stuff. Yeah, I think of the stuff as not a good representation of the memory or the experience. And it's just this clinging on. It really just doesn't align with kind of my beliefs about life where you need to be able to let go of things. Like you could have had a good relationship that didn't end and you could still cherish that you had that, but ultimately you need to let go of it as well as you move forward and get into new relationships. So I've always been, I think, better at that, but it is a trained skill. Like I look at these t-shirts and I'm like, oh, I can't get rid of this. But I really just try to use this rule of if I haven't used something in the last year, or I find myself having purchased something and I'm just not using it, it's time to find a new version of it, or it's time to get rid of that because I made a mistake. And by the way, your priorities and taste change as well. And so I think it's okay to change things uh, as you go along. It's funny. It reminds me of this one time where my girlfriend who likes to keep things around was out of the house for six to eight hours. And I'm looking around the house and I'm like, it's fucking dirty in here and it's cluttered. And this is like weighing me down and stopping me from being productive. Maybe this was just a form of procrastination, but I spent like four to six hours just getting rid of all this stuff. We had Apple boxes and just all kinds of mail and flyers and just things that were not useful. And it's funny because if she was around, she'd be like, no, we like might use this one day. And she came home and she's like, wow, it's so clean in the house. This looks awesome. Thank you for doing this. Didn't even notice most of the stuff was gone. And it was a real win for me. My dad used to do that growing up. He would just get rid of stuff while we were gone. And yeah, 99% of the time, we had no idea what he'd thrown out and just thought, this is great. And just one funny note on the Apple boxes. I tweeted about Apple boxes recently because I like to hoard those. And Sam Parr tweeted and he was like, do you mean Apple boxes, like Apple cartons, boxes that hold apples? And I was like, no, obviously not. Or he, I think he was like, do you mean juice boxes? And I was like, no. Anyway, I wanted to share one quick thing that I learned recently, which is called, I don't know how to pronounce it, but the Diderot, maybe, effect, which is basically obtaining a new possession often that creates a spiral of consumption, which just leads you to acquire more. So basically starting with one thing, this effect was named after of this guy, Dennis Diderot. And I think he acquired some robe and then he was like, oh, this robe is so beautiful. And then notice everything around him didn't fit the robe. If I'm a guy that wears this robe, then surely I should have this beautiful home. And then he buys a home and he's, okay, to match my robe and my home, I need to get like a nice new kitchen table and a new mirror. And oh, okay, now that I have this nice new kitchen table, like I can only buy the best ingredients to cook in this kitchen. And it's just this spiral effect. Maybe you don't resonate with this particular example of a robe in a home, but we do the same things with the things that we buy. We start to resonate with, oh, if I buy this new shirt, then I'm just the type of person who buys from this brand. If I buy from this brand, then you know people who buy from this brand tend to buy this kind of car. And I think it's just worth being aware of that as soon as you start to buy certain things, it can spiral into you feeling like you need to buy other things. 
Yeah, funny enough, I actually go through this line of thinking before making bigger purchases. One that I'm considering right now is a nicer espresso machine. I love coffee and I like lattes. And so I mostly use a French press and an old Turkish coffee maker. But I'm like, oh, it'd be really nice to be able to pump out a latte in my house. But one of the things I go through in my head is not only will I likely buy the espresso machine, but I'll have to buy espresso beans and I'll probably want good espresso beans as I want good lattes. And then on top of that, I might want some nice cups for my espressos. And it's just on and on about my espresso machine. And maybe that leads to, ooh, I want some nicer kitchen appliances. And I actually do go through that line of thinking. And it's why I typically take a month before a big purchase just to see if I still really want it and try to eliminate the impulse buys that sometimes are just covering up some pain or something. I think it's important to just be careful of the idea that if you have the money or if you have the space, that doesn't mean you need to fill it or that doesn't mean you need to spend it. It's really hard not to fall into that mentality. And as people say, the lifestyle creep that comes with earning more or having more or just having the capability to buy more. What are the key takeaways? One of them for me is that you can certainly live with less than you think and you can live a pretty good quality of life with less than you think and having more space and more things can be really helpful, but you can also end up in a space where you're burdened by your things and they're actually detracting from your life. And if you do feel that in any capacity, just try cleaning out one of your rooms and just really letting some things go that you haven't used in a while and see how you feel about it because you can always replace things down the road for the most part. And try that out. Try going traveling or try living without some of your items. You don't even necessarily need to throw them out, but put them in a storage unit and just try seeing if you feel more free. Because I think a lot of the time people who are living with a lot of stuff, if they've never been free of that stuff, they don't even recognize the weight that is actually being put on them through owning all of those things. So I think for me, like I said, I really struggled to throw things away. I still struggle to throw things away. But every time I go and remove myself from my stuff, it reminds me that, hey, you actually don't really need this stuff. You're okay without it. That's something I've certainly noticed in some of my friends. They'll get nice apartments that they can afford, but they can't always afford all of their things in the nice apartment in addition to nice travel as well. So when it comes to travel decisions, they're like, I have this rent and I probably shouldn't go splurge here on this travel vacation. And if you just had a slightly lower rent, like lower by a couple hundred bucks a month, you could then travel more freely. That's something I'm always thinking about if I'm renting a place because I don't want my rent to be a decision-making factor in whether or not I can go do other trips or do things that I consider fun. I think it's also important to think about this concept where when you're born, you basically have nothing. Maybe you're born into a rich family, but you don't have any of your own possessions yet. And then at some point in your life, you obtain all these possessions. I think it's also important to just be aware of this concept. And it's not just with physical stuff, but in life, there is a balance between trying to preserve what you have and trying to obtain new things or new experiences because in putting energy into preserving what you have, that can detract from your ability to go and do exciting things or live an exciting life or buy new things as well. Those two things are not unrelated. I see this with old people all the time where they're mostly reminiscing about their past and all the good memories that they have. And so you watch all these videos and I think it's cool to do that and it's fun. But at the same time, you could just be creating new memories and still living life in as much enjoyment as you were in your 30s or 20s or whatever period you thought was really awesome. And instead of just holding on and clinging to that moment, I hope that I'm creating new moments throughout every decade of my life. I think that's a great way to end this episode. All right. This was the Shit You Don't Learn in School podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Calvin underscore Rosser. Shout out the podcast if you liked anything you heard. And you can find me at Steph Smith IO on Twitter. All right. Until next time.